Welcome everybody to Clinical Pearls. Uh, on today's episode of Clinical Pearls, we will be uh, discussing obesity and weight loss. Uh, hey Tracy, um, welcome. Thanks. It's been a while. How yeah, you doing? I'm good. So, um, tell me, you know, what's one weight loss TV show that you watched, um, you know, here recently? If you watched any. Um, I haven't. Well, it's been a while. It's I watched that one and we were talking about earlier, The Biggest Loser, mm-hmm. um, which I always thought was a really interesting show. Um, just the speed at which they lost that weight. Um, I, I did follow up on them a lot to see how many were able to maintain that. I think that was a pretty intense yeah. schedule that those contestants had to maintain. I'm not sure if it was sustainable. For yeah, many of them, unfortunately. I always thought, you know, the amount of weight that they lost was too fast. Right. And it's probably why they were not able to maintain it. So I think today's uh, uh, discussion will be centered around weight loss and uh, weight loss prescription medication, the benefits, you know, of weight loss uh, prescription, you know, how one qualifies for uh, prescription weight loss medication. I just thought it's something that is important for our listeners to uh, no, because as we know, obesity is, is you know, a, a huge problem in our country. And I think if we start um, treating it as a, as, a, as, a, as a disease, I think we'll have better outcomes from it. So we hope you guys enjoy the episode and uh, looking forward to the discussion um, on today's uh, clinical uh, projects. Thank you. Obesity is a chronic disease that affects approximately two out of five adult Americans. Among children and adolescents aged 2 to, 12, 2 to 19, rather, approximately 16.1 are overweight and 19.3 are obese. By 2030, it is estimated that half of adults in the U.S. will be obese. Given these alarming statistics, it is imperative that we as clinicians are well-versed on treatment options for treatment of overweight and obese patients. On this episode of Clinical Pearls, we are joined by Brittany Wynn, a women's and health nurse practitioner who is a graduate of the UAB and currently works in a, women, in a women's health clinic that also specializes in weight loss management. Brittany, thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, again, as you said, my name is Brittany Wynn. I've been a a uh, nurse practitioner for about the past five years. Before, I was a labor and delivery nurse for like... Almost seven years before I transitioned into becoming a nurse practitioner, which I absolutely adored. But women's health is something that I've always done and always wanted to stay in because I think that's where my full passion is. Because it is a wide scope. I think when people think about women's health, they just think about gynecology Mm -hmm. or OB. Mm -hmm. But there's such a more wider scope that's Mm -hmm. detailed. So it's still a very faceted area where you can still have a lot of um, variability in places that you want to work in, which is what I like. Awesome. Yeah, that's interesting. I I am one of those people that automatically think, oh, you know, Mm -hmm. you're just taking care of the GYN issues and maybe the baby, you know, Mm -hmm. delivery of the babies and things like that. So I think what you have gone into and kind of transitioned into now is really interesting in this topic that we're going to talk with you a little bit about today. So how did you get from labor and delivery and into this women's health clinic? And is it a clinic that specializes in weight loss, or is that just one facet of the care that you give those patients? It's a, a big portion of it. At the base, we're still gynecology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think from there, uh, we started seeing other needs, and that's how 
weight loss and even hormonal therapy because we think about all transitions of life, right? Um, when someone kind of phases out of the childbearing phase, now they're starting to enter in perimenopause and menopause, and that comes with its own subset of um, challenges yeah. <laughs> uh, and what that kind of encounters. And uh, I think the a very large population of people that we have are women who are perimenopause and menopause, and they're finding that they're having a really difficult time losing weight. And that comes from a lot of different areas where that is maybe them being more obese. And now they're starting to have issues with their insulin resistance, right? And they're starting to become maybe pre-diabetic and diabetic. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, where they're starting to, you know, hormones are decreasing. And that has its own challenges where it's hard to kind of lose weight just because hormonal uh, levels are changing. And That's I think a lot of people don't really think about how that plays into one, and how they feel, <laughs> uh, and then two, how that kind of plays a balance with them being able to even maintain their weight. So I think a large demographic of our patients are in that realm. But then, of course, we do still see patients, again, gynecology, women who have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, right? A very large subset of that is them having insulin resistance, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of them have the larger midsection um, that kind of puts in at more of an increased risk of having things like prediabetes and diabetes. So a lot of times we'll have patients who don't even, one, for the most part, know they have PCOS. I don't think a lot of people realize that PCOS is a very hard uh, diagnosis. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they know that they skip cycles, but... A lot of times they'll just kind of get on birth control, but they never actually got the diagnosis. So just like taking the time to really like, okay, these are your symptoms. Let's do some blow over. Let's see if we can get a a, uh, actual confirmation. And a lot of times in doing that, an A1C is something that we typically draw. And a lot of times there are going to be pre-diabetic or diabetic. So that's a lot. Uh, Sounds like you have a a pretty (laughs) interesting job, Brittany. Yeah. Um, And that's pretty much why Tracy and I wanted to talk to you today. You know, what do you enjoy the most about your job? I think seeing the progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of my biggest joys is when I see a patient come back and they get the results that they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of reaffirms like, okay, I'm kind of doing my job. I'm actually listening to patients when they say, hey, this is the first time I've ever had someone really feel like they're paying attention to me. Uh, or I feel like I'm really being heard that I just feel like I'm not getting a prescription thrown at that you're really mm-hmm. trying to sit down with me and figure out what is going on mm-hmm. um, and even take their suggestions. I don't you know, I never say, oh, well, what I'm saying is absolute. If there's something that you want to try, if it's within the realm of us doing that or safe for you to do, I'm open to I'm open to it, too. It's all about a collaboration with the patient mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, just following up on that, I know you had a question, uh, Tracy. Uh, you know, just tell us just briefly what your typical day looks like. It's typically very busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I typically see about um, probably around 25 to 30 patients a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it definitely, you know, you have to be very, what's the word, not coordinated, but efficient. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so, you know, you have to be efficient um, in, in what you do so that you can still give the same amount of care to every patient. Um, and uh, typically it can be varied. Again, we, we do see gynecology, uh, the, doc, the physician I work with, she's actually retired from OB, so we don't do OB. Mm-hmm. So our main part is uh, the gynecology, which are like your annuals and things like that. And then the other part is doing weight loss. And then the other main portion of what we see, which I will probably say the other half of my patients that I see 
are going to typically be our perimenopause, menopause patients. So we do um, a large portion of like hormonal replacement therapy um, and not just your general estrogen, right? Mm-hmm. That t- people typically uh, think about. We do estrogen and testosterone. Okay. I love that you talk about that relationship that you have with the patients mm-hmm. who come in, with the women who come in and talk to you. Um, I wonder, what do you say to patients that come in and have experienced other healthcare providers or other people in the community that just say, what's the big deal? Just lose the weight, eat right. You need to exercise more, mm-hmm. full stop, period. How yeah. do you approach that and what they've maybe experienced before? I think it's about the provider changing their outlook on how they see obesity and not just it being a simple, you have to diet and exercise and you have to actually look at it as a disease. It's the same way you see hypertension, the same way you see diabetes, you have to treat obesity in the same way. Um, And obesity is linked to so many different things. So I think if you can treat the underlying symptom, which is obesity, you'll actually treat a lot of other diseases too as well. Um, So I look at it from that standpoint. And I think there's so many different subsets too. Um, Of course, uh, I usually collaborate again when it kind of comes to weight loss. Sometimes you have to collaborate with other physicians too Mm -hmm. as well. So a lot of times your relationship with food, depending on the patient, Mm -hmm. uh, can sometimes be a barrier where you have, it was uh, an emotional thing or um, something traumatic happened, right? We have to kind of treat that too. So sometimes I will bring in sometimes a nutritionist or uh, we'll bring in a therapist, right? You have to think about, you have to treat what the relationship with it, whether it's someone having, and sometimes it's not always about someone actually having uh, something like maybe bulimia or, you know, something like that, but they have a really unhealthy relationship with it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times we'll bring that into as well, um, because we know it's not just like, oh, I got to just eat right and exercise. It's so many different subsets that kind of go into it. So we look at it as a customizable thing. Mm. So typically um, when we see someone with uh, weight loss, we also we initially do a consultation. So it's not you just coming in and getting a stimulant like phenamine or adipex and you're kind of going about your way. It's kind of sitting down and doing a consultation. Okay, like, what are your goals? What do you kind of see for yourself? What do you feel like your hard stops are? Like, what do you feel like the difficulties are with you that you've seen before in the past? What are the things you've tried before? So it's really getting a really in-depth history with the patient and then moving forward with a plan that we kind of write out for the patient uh, we do something called an RMR, which is a resting metabolic rate. Sometimes mm-hmm. the patient would kind of sees what they're what they kind of need to eat in a day, which can be different from a BMR, which is your body, uh, your basic uh, metabolic right rate, which mm-hmm. is you typically just get from your height and your weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of people who have the same height and weight, but it doesn't mean you guys burn calories the same. So sometimes mm-hmm. we have to get really in depth with that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what differentiates us from other weight loss or just going to maybe just a primary care provider and them just getting a medication and then they just go about their way. Okay. Yeah, well, I think that is very important and it's actually refreshing to hear that you guys actually look at it from a holistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, You try to, uh, you know, manage the underlying cause. And I, I do like that because some of the things that I'm hearing, you know, just around the community of patients, just, you know, going from physician to physician, you know, asking for medications to lose weight, is kind of alarming for me. So now that we've kind of gone into the whole uh, weight loss uh, uh, topic here, can you 
tell us what some of the uh, prescriptions are out there for weight loss management? Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, but I think maybe more some of the ones that people typically know about, like what I mentioned before, or your, you know, your Phenomy or Adipix mm -hmm. or um, your Bontra, which is kind of similar to uh, Phenomy, but it's more of a short acting. So if you do have issues with blood pressure, sometimes you could do that one. It's mm -hmm. not going to spike the blood pressure as much. Or Qsemia, um, those are like more oral, oral medications. Contrave is another one that I kind of like. It is a appetite suppressant, but then it's also paired with a um, mood stabilizer. So for people who have maybe more emotional eating, it kind of hits it on those two standpoints. Like those are medications that have been out for a while. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, um, people typically would see if someone is on. Those yeah. are sometimes more common ones. Um, and then, of course, you have some injections that are more old school, kind of like Saxenda. It's been around for a while. Um, it was like one of the only injections out on the market and it did not have any competition. So as far as it being covered under insurance, it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, and it was very uh, expensive to get. And typically it wasn't covered under insurance. So you did have to pay out of pocket for it, which was a lot. There was a comma involved. You had to pay oh, maybe wow. like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars just oh, for wow. an injection. Which was a lot. And not a lot of people. Every month? Or every month. Okay. Every month. And, you know, a lot of people can't afford to pay that amount. So it was really difficult. So, you know, within these past couple of years, there's been, you know, newer medications coming out like Wagovi, mm. uh, which is very similar to Ozempic. Right. Just the name changed. Um, but it was similar to Tide. And then, of course, Manja, which has been very popular as of recent. A lot of people are kind of hearing that in the wave. It's and on the news, on TV, everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of people, I mean, you know, the movie stars, I think, are on, you know, that sort of thing. Uh -huh. But then, of course, and then more recently, like this month, Zetbound, which is Manja, but it has a different name. But it just got a Manja got approved for weight loss. Mm -hmm. So now it's under a name Zetbound that you can do for weight loss. Okay. So those are some of the more newer medications for weight loss. How do you choose what, which one to give? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, we talked about doing that, the history and, and really mm -hmm. sitting down with the patient, which, which one's... Mm -hmm. to give? How do you pick out of all these? Uh, sometimes it's uh, maybe sometimes the amount of weight that they have to lose. Okay. Uh, with things like Adipix, they can only be on it for a certain amount of time before you have to take a holiday or vacation because your body kind of gets used to it. Okay. And you might not see the same results with it. So sometimes that comes into part of play. If they have a history of elevated blood pressure, again, you know, it's, uh, Adipix is a stimulant. So if they have issues with that, then they may not be a candidate for it. Um, with the injections, uh you know, when they were doing the testings on the animals, they saw things like, you know, like cancer with the thyroid cancer. Mm -hmm. So they haven't really been anything proven in humans. But if you have a history of like thyroid tumors or uh, endocrine cancer, of course, you wouldn't necessarily be a candidate. Or if you had pancreatitis, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, with dropping a lot of weight, sometimes you can be more at risk for things like gallbladder mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so you know and things like that so typically we've had history of those then you might not want to do the injection because they may increase your risk so it's kind of like going again making sure you get a really good thorough history mm -hmm. and making sure they don't have any of those histories in and then of course uh, a lot of times when I am seeing someone for weight loss if it is kind of pinging in the back of my head like oh I need I maybe need to do an A1C then a lot of times I am going to probably lean towards the injections because again those medications were used before, before they got approved for weight loss, were used to kind of help with um, diabetes. Yeah. 
But unfortunately, if you were pre-diabetic, you couldn't really get access to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm of the mindset, like, why wait until you get diabetes? Yeah. You should be, like, jumping on it then to kind of treat it before it even gets to that part. Mm-hmm. But even if someone is pre-diabetic, they still have some sort of insulin resistance. They just haven't gotten up to the level of diabetes yet. And I've seen where it's still very successful in those patients. Do you have to sometimes prove that a patient is insulin uh, uh, resistant? Not for the medications approved for weight loss. Mm-hmm. No, um, they don't. Uh, that's just something that I use to kind of see what I may lean towards or what they feel like they may be a candidate. Overall, you don't necessarily have to have prediabetes or insulin resistance to be on the weight loss medications. But they overall, they all, I think anybody who typically gets on them are going to see uh, an improvement in their weight um, just because of how the medication works because it helps to stabilize blood sugar levels. It, it uh improve gastric uh, uh, emptying. Mm-hmm. So it slows things down. So it's going to, uh, you know, reduce your appetite, make you feel fuller longer. And that in turn kind of helps with the weight loss too. So hypothetically here. Yes. All right. So if you had a, a, a lady come to your office mm-hmm. and they're going to be getting married in about two months and they want to lose additional like 10 pounds or so for their wedding and they come to your clinic, mm-hmm. what do you tell them Um the criteria is to be on these medications, to receive prescription weight loss medicine, um, because I'm pretty sure you've had some patients that come to you for, for situations like that. You know, actually not many. Okay. Uh, there have been a couple, though, um, if they are having like an event. One, it would be, are they meeting the BMI? Mm-hmm. You know, you still have to be meet a BMI criteria to be in weight loss. And what is that? Uh, usually 30, unless you have some other... Uh, diagnosis with it, like hypertension or diabetes, then it can be 27 okay. with those additions to it. Um, but if they are a waist circumference of 30. Okay. Um, so if they are meeting those, then yes, we can. And then two, um, I always ask them, okay, we always have a conversation about what realistic goals are. <clears throat> Again, I don't want to get into the habit of where someone has a unhealthy weight loss goal because so if someone is coming in and they're 125 pounds and they're wanting to lose 10 i'm like well what have you always been because that could be a different thing too just because someone's a what we consider a, a normal weight or like oh my gosh i would myself want to be 120 pounds i would not be complaining but if she was 115 her entire life those additional 10 pounds could be make her feel really uncomfortable where her clothes aren't fitting yeah. so you know it's all about having a conversation and what um, someone's maybe typical weight has always been if they're on the lower scale of BMI and having a conversation like, are we, even once we accomplish this, are we still going to be within a healthy goal for a BMI? Okay. So there are criteria out there that mm-hmm. the patient has to meet. Right? Yes. Okay. We're not like most offices. We do not throw medication at patients. If you want that, we are not the clinic for you. Right. I love that. Because <laughs> it's not a quick fix. It is not I a think, quick fix. You know, what no. we read in the headlines or in, you know. People magazine or whatever. Oh, this exactly. is a quick fix. If you want, go get your Ozempic and you can drop that mm-hmm. weight. Yeah, um, exactly. So I, yeah, that's really important mm-hmm. and really takes into consideration that yeah. the health of your exactly you care. So what happens when they when they do come off, or are these lifelong medications that they have to be on? They can be lifelong. Again, it's all about how you look at it. Uh, obesity, if you're looking at it as a disease. It's something that should kind of be treated 
long term, just like hypertension and diabetes, right? Um, you know, if someone gets the back, you know, gets to maybe a healthy B, you know, blood pressure range, sometimes the physician may keep them on it just to keep things controlled or they're going to be coming in regularly to see them to make sure it still stays regulated. Um, so with the injections, like, you know, we'll go and um, Zepbam, which is new. They are, they can be on for long-term treatment mm-hmm. of uh, obesity. The They're not going to stay on the high level. Yeah. It's usually the initial dose of what it is, just to kind of keep, again, insulin levels uh, maintained and to kind of probably help with that whole talking in the back of your mind, which a lot of people have. And me, myself, I have an issue with, you know, that thing where you want to snack all the time. Mm-hmm. Where you hear this voice, uh, those medications are really good about calming the voice in your head, where you don't feel oh, wow. like you always have to reach and snap for something, uh, which is really, which is really nice. Well, I think let me just rewind here, just to kind of ask you, without going into the pharmacodynamics uh, of the pharmacotherapy of these medications, you mentioned something about you know that little voice behind that tells you you know not to eat. How do these medications work, really? Mm-hmm. So I have a maybe a little bit of a bias uh-huh. <laughs> with Maljaro because it's a GIP and it's a GLP-1, mm-hmm. uh, whereas uh, Saxenda and uh, Wagovi, there's just a GLP-1. Mm-hmm. And again, they both kind of work the same, but I think when you look at Maljaro and Zepbam, because it has two uh, peptides that are kind of working to mm-hmm. kind of help with uh, gastric, slowing down gastric emptying and also um reducing your appetite, having two things kind of working and going on at the same time, I think you get a better result versus just kind of having one of the peptides kind of working. Um, But that doesn't mean that they're, they don't work. I've tried both. I've I've lost weight with both. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think with, as far as the calming of the voice, the Manjaro is is a little bit better. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So they work by uh, reducing you know, your appetite, I guess, in mm-hmm. terms of, and then also reducing the amount that you eat, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So the GOP one, they one, you know, of course it works, uh, you know, in the pain or activates like your beta cell, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of releases everything. And then also the polypeptide, it kind of works in your brain. So it makes you not as hungry mm. um, or so I do tell people, you know, again, you don't want to fully rely on something just because you're not necessarily getting the signals of like, oh, I need to eat. You still want to eat. Yes. You, you know, it's calming the voice down, but you don't want to be in the mode where you're like, oh, I've gone the whole day and that's I haven't good. wanted to eat anything. That's not good either. Right. Uh, so yeah. it, it is it can be really good as where you're really not getting the signals of saying like the hunger signals. like, Oh, I need to eat something. Yeah. Um, so I do tell patients like, hey, even though this medication is going to do this. It's just to give you a um, a reprieve from the voice that's always speaking so you can help reset things mm-hmm. and form new healthier habits. Uh-huh. So I don't want you to rely on the medication. Yes, this medication is going to do this, but I don't want you to rely on like, oh, I'm not going to have an appetite and I don't have to eat. And that's what a lot of people sometimes will do. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of use it as, uh, I don't want people to have it as a crutch. I just want you to use it as a means of you reset your brain reset healthier eating habits so you can have the time to kind of do that because it does take a minute for your for you to kind of develop new eating habits mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about that voice in your brain saying oh nachos oh chocolate oh something you know uh and you can kind of reset things or kind of change what you need to eat um and also reduce your calories at the same time we're not feeling uh like you're always hungry right okay. 
So do you keep up with them on a monthly or every few months about their nutrition status and yeah. run labs? Like what kind of follow-up does, mm-hmm. do these drugs require to make sure they're being healthy? Yeah, we see them every month. Nice. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we typically, uh, they usually come into the office by month, like twice a month, but us as a physician only sees them once a month. We do have a, a body composition analysis scale that kind of gives us a breakdown of like their uh, water percentage, their muscle mass, their fat percentage, because when they are losing weight, we want to make sure they're losing the right thing. Mm-hmm. We don't want them, you know, losing their muscle mass. And if they're not eating, it's going to tell on them because <laughs> they're not going to, their, their their fat percentage isn't going to be decreasing, but their muscle mass is, right? Um, so usually that's our, our way of kind of keeping track and making sure that they are kind of eating how we want them to eat. And if we need to change something up, if they're saying they are eating all these things and keeping the tire, because we do tell them, Keep a full journal, whether that's writing it down or using an app like Fitness Pal or something like that so that we can kind of see how you're eating. We want to make sure you get a certain amount of protein in every day. Um, so we kind of use those things simultaneously. So every month that they're coming in, we're kind of reviewing that with them. And then also, again, uh, just thinking about their relationship with food. We usually do use... Um, uh, I got certified through the Center of uh, Medical Weight Loss. So they usually have something formulated where there are modules that they can kind of do every month. So mm-hmm. typically we go through the modules with them, like things that they kind of think about, like, oh, if you were to go out to eat somewhere, like, are you kind of prepared and set up or are you going on a vacation? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of setting up what's that going to look like for you? Because mm-hmm. some people just want to eat. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to worry about losing weight. I want to have fun. If that's your goal and how you want to have it set, that's great. But let's maybe set a goal of how we're going to get back on track when you come back. Or, hey, I, I do want to have fun, but I want to make sure I maintain. Well, what is your vacation going to look like? What are some things that we can do that kind of set you up for success for that? So it's a lot about pre-planning and not being caught off guard. Uh, that kind of plays a big focus in that too. Yeah, that'll get you when you're not prepared. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. when you're not prepared, mm-hmm. that's where you kind of typically slide off and then it's kind of hard to get back on track. Yeah. So um, are these medications covered by insurance? Oh, that is a multifaceted uh, question. Yes and no. Okay. Uh, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would probably have a different uh, opinion about insurance companies because it was not great at all. They've gotten better because I think the demand for it mm-hmm. um, has definitely gone up. Um, and it's a conversation too about your employer. Some employers don't want it covered with the insurance. So, you know, that, but it has gotten a lot better. Uh, a lot of things changed at the beginning of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a 60, 60 minutes that came out with a lady from Harvard. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember her name, but after that, things kind of tended to start to change. And again, her outlook of how she was looking at things were completely different. It's changing your outlook and your perception yeah. of what obesity is. So yeah. I think tides are turning, things are getting better, but it's probably like a 50-50. Yeah. I think, I think things will get better as these medications become more uh, popular on the market and you know providers are more comfortable mm-hmm. prescribing them. And I think also just knowing that, you know, if we do uh, tackle one of the biggest issues that causes most of these uh, common conditions, you know, obesity causes a lot of hypertension, diabetes. If we can tackle that problem, maybe we should, we wouldn't have so many issues with, you know, hypertension and diabetes, which skyrockets insurance costs, you know. Um, So 
what are some of the side effects associated with, you know, the common medications that you prescribe? Mm -hmm. So uh, specifically looking at the injections, usually because, again, you have to think about that slowing down the gastric. Uh, so a lot of times it's going to be GI symptoms. So uh, nausea, vomiting, uh, reflux, um, constipation, sometimes the opposite side of like diarrhea. Uh, so typically those are going to be, um, you know, the more severe aspects are, you know, typically um, uh, are usually going to be in that subset or um Losing it. I'm trying to think of the term, but I can't think of it right now. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> blockage. Ilias. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Where someone has to have surgery because mm -hmm. there's a blockage. Um, that's the more severe side effect. Mm -hmm. But usually I tell patients if you're, and that's usually something I ask them when I see them every month. Because depending on if we have to increase it, because there are multiple dosages that you can go up on with these medications. Um, so anytime, uh, if they're on the same doses for a while or anytime I increase, mm -hmm. I'm going to always follow with them a month later and ask them, yeah. how have you been feeling? Yeah. Have you been having any issues with constipation? Have you done anything? These are things that we need to do. And if it's not helping, then we might need to go down because I don't want to aggravate the issue any further because if we keep titrating up, that issue with the constipation or the nausea is just going to be worse. Um so those are the those are like your typical uh, side effects that you can kind of notice from the injections. Okay. Well, I think we are almost taking up our whole time already. Um, we were having just, so much fun. I know you're such a pleasure to talk to, <laughs> and I love the uh, the excitement. Uh, I can just tell the passion in your voice of taking care of these patients. It really comes through. So um, it sounds like this is a nice tool for a lot of people. Yes. to be able to use yes um in amongst that holistic approach in addition to that what are some other interventions out there are are there new things on the horizon are we still talking a lot about surgery or do you try to prevent that surgery is still a big part um you know we're just talking about like the sleeve um or the bypass mm -hmm. Those are still options, especially if you have maybe a larger amount to lose, but sometimes that's not an option or sometimes it's not covered. Uh, again, with insurance, uh, it really depends on if your insurance covers any type of weight loss uh, management and some insurance don't cover that. So the, the surgeries are not available for a lot of people either. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have gotten patients that need to lose um, uh, a lot of weight um, and we have had some successes. Uh, we've had, I know, Two in general have lost over 100 pounds. Wow. Um, and they did both. <laughs> uh, the Wagovi uh, and the Montreal, they kind of were, were using both. Um, and then that, they were able to get... In, in order to qualify for the bat, for the surgery? Okay. No, this patient I'm thinking of in general, she just didn't want to do surgery. Okay. okay. She okay. was like, I don't want surgery. I don't want to do it. Um, and so she's like, is, is there another alternative? So we said, well, hey, I mean, we can do this. It's probably not going to be maybe as quick yeah. as sometimes because you know typically with the the, the bypassing thing they usually are dropping a lot of weight pretty quickly yeah. um and so it took her year and a half maybe two years to kind of drop all of that um and then she qualified for the surgery because she had you know i had she had lost a lot of weight so she had a lot of excess skin so she actually searched, uh qualified for the surgery to help with the skin okay. um but that's something that she wanted to do so i mean there's options and i don't pass judgment if you want to do the surgery um, especially if you have a lot of weight to lose. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, you know, patients who gain a lot of weight, they kind of go through a lot of uh, 
kind of a lose weight and then you gain. And mm-hmm. and that does something to your psyche too, where you just get kind of down and out. And I'm never going to lose weight. So sometimes they think the only available option is surgery and that's okay. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways to kind of get to a goal. So I try not to pass any judgment on anyone who does that. Just like I don't want to pass judgment on someone who wants to do, uh, you know, like the injections or any of the weight loss medications. Um, so, you know that. And then of course, um, of course, again, like I said before, like kind of involving like a therapist, right? You have to kind of think about doing it that way. There is a, a newer procedure out where you actually fill your belly up with saline. Oh. I don't know if it's approved in the States. Yeah. It could be coming over here, <laughs> but I've seen people have success with it too. But it literally is it's taking up a portion of, the it's taking up a portion of yeah. your stomach and it's not necessarily a surgery. Wow. Um. And it's a way to kind of help with weight loss too. And I don't think you go to no, you don't go to sleep for that. I saw a video of someone that wow. had it done. Yeah. You That's swallow crazy. something down, they kind of fill it up, and it takes a portion of your stomach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brittany, thank you very much for joining us, and I hope our listeners were able to, um, you know, just take some, you know, helpful hints and tips from your presentation today. Uh, Tracy, is there anything else that you'd like to add? If someone was interested in uh, learning more about these kinds of medications and, and this kind of holistic approach, where what resources would you direct them to? Where do they even begin? One, if you know the medications, I mean, there's a lot of medications on Google. Don't go too crazy because Google can lead you down a rabbit hole. But if you know the name of the medications, you can actually go to the websites. You can go to Wagovi and Zepbound and Saxon. You can go to these websites to get more information to see if that's something that you want to do. And then the next thing would be to kind of follow up with your physician to kind of see, you know, if you wanted to sit with them. Now, if they're just trying to fill medication and you feel like you want something that is more holistic, Look me up anytime, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, but there are, you know, there are uh, places out there that, that do want to focus on helping you restructure uh, and rebuild, uh, rebuild how you think and how you how you look at food to make sure that you have more long term success. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times when you just kind of get on a medication, you don't really restructure. You just kind of get on, you lose weight, and then usually within a year you kind of gain it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another great thing about uh, where I work. Even after you lose the weight, we still want to see you. Okay. It's like, okay, girl, you you met your weight loss goal. Or guy, we do guys, we see guys, even though we're gonna gynecology. Ask that. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask that. <laughs> we're a gynecology clinic, but we, you know, as far as like weight loss, it's not just stringent to, to just women. So if men want to come in and see us too, they, they can. Um, uh, but we say, hey, guy, girl, we want, we want to see you. You met your weight loss goal, but we still want to follow with you probably pretty closely. Maybe not every month, but maybe every other month just to kind of make sure you're kind of maintaining your weight. If you want to stay on the injections, we can titrate you back down, right? We have to kind of, we have a whole process set up for that too. So we don't just, you know, drop you all the way back mm-hmm. down. We kind of have to slowly titrate it back down. And then if you don't want to do that and you just want to, you know, just kind of focus on the diet and exercise portion, we kind of have something set up for that too, um, to kind of let you know what your your caloric intake needs to be to maintain your weight. Um, how you lost it is still going to be the same. We say how you lose the weight is what That's you need to do to maintain it. Yeah. So usually, you know, how your, uh, how your foods look, it might be a little bit more because you're not trying to lose weight, but it's still going to relatively look the same. Um, and then usually after a year, if you feel okay and you feel good, then we say, okay. Well, then, you know, you've kind of kept everything. You're yeah. good to go. Okay. Um, if you see where you start to, you know, maybe regain weight again, come back and see us. But usually we, we still try to keep a really close relationship to let them know that they don't have to do it on their own. Okay. 
That's key. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. What a wonderful conversation. I really thank appreciate you. you joining us today. No problem. And we will catch up with our listeners next time on Clinical Pearls. Thank you, everybody. 